Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello, welcome to this Q&A episode of the AF Mentors podcast. I have some excellent questions. I also have a couple of topics. So, oh, the first thing I would note is that if you are part of EIQ, go and make sure you listen to the episode for the grads that we did with Nicola Hobbs because it's very good and probably gives you a perspective that is quite dissimilar quite dissimilar normally people say not similar is very different to mine about like how to approach work so that's interesting um yeah and then the other thing that I want to talk about and I've spoken about this quite a lot in regards to coaching recently and it was all spurred on by this TED talk that I watched on procrastination and the bit that I mean the start of it was all about basically a different way of explaining Parkinson's law which again is cool and actually even that as a concept is quite a good example of how you know you can take the same principles but package them in a slightly different way and they might resonate with with people slightly differently and that's a lot of what we do in fitness is that you might call it like your own method and really it's principles of this this and this but packaged in your own way and that's what makes it unique and novel So that's essentially what this man did with his TED talk. But the bit that got me was that the worst procrastination happens when you don't have deadlines. Now, if you're self-employed, you technically don't have deadlines unless you give yourself deadlines. And I think that this is something that's probably quite underrated with self-employed people or personal trainers or coaches that like actually you have to hold yourself accountable to yourself you have to set your own targets you have to show up when you say you're going to show up because no one's coming to get you out of bed at whatever time in the morning to get to work like you have to do that and when I put this up I did a reel about this and someone was like oh you know what personal trainer gets up at nine in the morning blah blah blah. it's even harder when you're self-employed because actually when you work face sorry not self-employed when you're online because when you work face to face, you you kind of have those deadlines already. Like you have to be there at 6 a.m. for your 6 a.m. client. Like it's almost like not an option not to be there unless you literally want to lose your job. But with online, it's like, well, I could do this now or I could do it later. And you have this flexibility and flexibility is amazing. But there is a negative to it as well. And when you put that in another context with like flexible dieting, a lot of clients find flexible dieting too flexible because there isn't enough structure and you might find that your work is the same it's like it's too flexible because I've just given myself unlimited time to do xyz and then it never actually gets done rather than actually setting your own deadlines and being like this is the stuff I want to get done today this is the priority order this is when I'm going to do it because I'm going to put it in my google calendar like don't just put in appointments that you have with other people or calls that you have with other people like put in work blocks for yourself like this is when I have scheduled in a block for me to work and what am I going to work on during that time because it's easy when you've got you've got other people to be accountable for like I'm not going to not show up to a call with one of my business partners but I need to put in kind of like calls with myself as well to actually get the work done so make sure that you're doing that um 
because if you can't and if you can't set yourself deadlines then it's going to be very hard to do well being self-employed because you're only accountable to yourself like no one is going to fire you if you don't do any work today but you're also not going to get the results that you're looking to get and I guess that's why certain people are better at being self-employed than others because they have that kind of internal drive but it's something that you can curate yourself absolutely um okay uh let me get to some questions oh another thing that came up in the commit six group chat actually and I've seen it I just thought I'd mention it because I've seen it pop up on a few people's stories is this like anonymous chat so instead of having a questions post where you can obviously see who's written the questions it's anonymous and she was like just asking what we thought of like whether that was useful or not and I guess like there might be a small percentage of people who want to remain anonymous which you do when you answer those questions anyway it's not like their profile comes up and you answer on your story but maybe they want to remain anonymous to you however I think that it probably just opens you up to like more trolling or more like questions about like weird stuff that isn't really to do with health and fitness and then you can't actually get into a conversation with someone about it like if it was that personal that they didn't that they wanted to remain anonymous you probably can't give that much of a good response without actually talking to them so a lot of what I do on Q&A's especially if they feel quite personal like I'm struggling with x or I've just been diagnosed with y I'll just message them but you can't just message them if it's anonymous so it's quite like I think if you're thinking of using one or the other, I would try and stick to stories. Now, rather than focus your efforts on or like and then and then stick to stories, but also to add to that, try and create an environment with your content where people feel like they can be honest with you because they're only not anonymous to you. Like you're not going to share their stuff on, on social media. Like it's only you that can see that they're asking these questions. So if people feel like they can open up to you, because you show up, because you're honest, because you're authentic, because you seem warm and friendly and non-judgmental, then actually you're probably going to get more questions on those. And there's like no need for the anonymous question boxes. So those are my thoughts on that, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Okay, right. Going to get to L questions. Um, oh gosh. So as many people know, Chloe's had her baby, which means I am the EC master. And this just, it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's a joy. It, it is actually a joy. I absolutely love it. Okay. Daisy, hi, Emma. Listen to the latest mastermind about free trials. Would you recommend doing a free trial for one-to-ones as well? Or is that too difficult? And if you did, what do you think should be included? For reference, I have trainerized, so I would post it on that. Thank you. I think, yes, absolutely. If you want to, you could do a free trial for one-to-ones. Um, it wouldn't really need to be that different. And if anything, it might be a little bit easier because you don't have the group element. So you're not also curating and trying to like engage a group at the same time you can just offer like this one-to-one -one plan where they're going to get like an insight into your coaching. It How you design that to make sure that you're giving enough that they get value, but not giving so much that they're like, oh, this is more than enough, I'll just move on. 
is like kind of down to you and what your coaching is like and the approach you want to take to that but I think that I would probably do something like an email series and I wouldn't I don't think I would set their personal targets but I do other things for them and I'd do like a maybe it's like a five-day thing where they can where they have tasks to do each day or they've got a morning routine or they've got like elements and behavior change that have nothing to do with them personally so you're giving them the information and you're being directive with actions that they need to do for say five days or a week or however long it is but you're not actually giving them personal coaching I think that's the difference and then you need to make sure that you're you're making sure that they know that there is this like one-to-one option and what one-to-one coaching is and that should be kind of part of it as well is that you're teasing them a little bit with it you know it's like the little try the ice cream but it's not actually a big enough scoop for you to like fully enjoy it but if someone gave me like a whole spoonful of ice cream I'd probably be like hmm, well I actually feel like I don't need to buy an ice cream now I've probably got most of the joy I'm going to get from the ice cream from this spoon that's why they give you the tiny little stick thing right same with that like you want to give just enough but not too much um and I think the difference there is it give as much like value as you want just don't make it personal that I think that's the distinct difference when people ask about giving away too much or we were speaking on the mastermind about like giving away all these free recipes that Rachel was doing um and that actually oh that used to be part of the paid platform but now I'm, I feel like I'm giving it away and like should should I be giving that much I don't think any of that matters if you're selling coaching because actually what you're selling is the application of all this information to them that's the difference between coaching and just getting information so I think one-to-one free trial is, is a great idea and it also creates buy-in and it creates rapport with you and it creates a relationship with you so even if they do your one-to-one trial and then never sign up you they still feel like they know you that they can contact you and make that really obvious as well like make sure that people don't feel awkward about leaving at the end like yeah you want them to sign up but if they do your free thing they're not ready to sign up and then they feel a bit awkward about leaving and then there's this element of not wanting to message you again because they've already done this free trial like make sure that you're very much leaving that door open that's fine if now's not the right time I hope you got a lot from the free trial please um message me whenever you feel like you want to do coaching if that ever comes about like my door is always open if you have any questions blah 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 blah. don't make it awkward when people leave I mean this for all coaching as well like whether you've had clients that have been with you for a long period of time it's normally the client that finds it really awkward like I don't know how to say this it feels like a breakup but I think I'm I'm gonna have months off or I might not continue with my coaching after this month it's like that's absolutely fine please know that you are always welcome back and that's why you get so many return people whereas if you make it awkward then they're probably never going to come back because they feel awkward about leaving in the first place so make sure you do that but yeah I think a free one-to-one trial sure why not especially if you're you know if you're selling one-to-one coaching then and the the price point is quite high because it's one-to-one People often need a little bit more of a taster to fully invest in that. So actually doing some kind of free trial is a great way to do that. I would keep it quite short. So like five to seven days max, partly because people's attention span without that one-to-one feedback will drop off. And partly because yeah, like you don't want it, it kind of loses a little bit of momentum and it just simply doesn't need to be any longer than that. Okay. 
Second question, Joe, I just need as many ideas as possible in getting new leads. Make sure you come to the mastermind because we will discuss this. It's Thursday at 9am this week. I post regularly on Facebook and Instagram and just don't seem to be increasing my following or getting any leads or online clients. Any advice greatly received? I think going back and forward on this, on the mastermind is going to be really, really useful. General advice is that, and this takes a bit of tweaking, but you can do everything right on paper and still not quite hit the results that you want because maybe it's not in the right format or maybe you're not approaching it in, slightly, in the right way or the, you know it's not falling on the right ears or you're not articulating it like with just the right twist. And I think the best thing that you can do, and this is hard to do, but be really critical about your content. Like come onto your, I sometimes do this and for some reason it works better on the computer. I don't know why, but I'll go onto my own Instagram on like the computer. And for some reason that allows me to see it from a different perspective. And I'm like, would I sign up with me? That's basically what you have to ask. Like, why am I different? Do I look friendly? Do I look approachable? Do I look like I know what I'm talking about? Do I look like someone I would want to work with or someone my clients would want to work with? Or, and why would they work with me and not someone else? Like, these are the kind of questions you have to ask and look at your social media. And I think actually doing it on a computer is, I didn't really realize why I did that until now, but gives you that bit of perspective as almost like I'm coming at this with fresh eyes on a different platform. So I, I would um, try that and try being quite critical, but most importantly, try coming to the mastermind because we can go back and forward and share some ideas and really delve into your niche and what their struggles are and how you can best approach that. Okay, Amy, my coaching program is a minimum commitment of six months with most clients staying for nine months to a year. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on offering a lower price and lower commitment option as well, sorry, as well to get more people in for maybe six to eight weeks and then hopefully getting them to continue on. Um, I'm a little, I'm just concerned I'll attract people looking for quick fixes if I'm marketing a six-week plan. Well, Amy, I market a six-week plan. So not that I'm personally offended. No, I'm joking. I'm not at all. I don't think it's a problem as long as you set realistic expectations. For example, I don't tie anyone in to any of my coaching platforms. Like the longest is the EC method at eight weeks because they pay at the start for eight weeks. But I would set realistic expectations. So even with that, we set it under the caveat of like, most people stay with us for like three or four rounds to get the most out of it. And will you get a lot for, from eight weeks? Yeah, hell yeah, you will. Will you get more if you stay longer? Yes, absolutely. Same as when I talk to anyone on AFM, I'm like, partly because of many people's previous experiences with business mentors, tying them into contracts that they can't get out of, even though they're not getting value from it anymore and they don't want to be there anymore. And in some instances, they physically can't afford to stay. Because of that, like, and because I want trust and because I actually only want people here that want to be here, I don't tie anyone in. Like, you stay as long as you want. I want people here because they want to be here, because they're getting value. And I think if you frame it like that, like, look, I'm not going to tie you into a contract because I want you to be here. And I want you to think that it's important enough to commit to and to invest in and that my coaching is worth it. And I plan to prove that to you. But realistically, most people stay for six months to nine months. And like, these are the kind of results you can expect when you stay for that amount of time. But if you stay for a month, 
and then cancel your direct debit or you know however you're doing things you're not going to get very much from it like and I guess just be honest with that saying that some people will do one round of commit six and implement what I've taught them and get great results but it doesn't mean that people have to stay like just because someone stayed for six weeks it doesn't mean that they're not going to get results like you can learn a hell of a lot in six weeks so I don't think it's necessarily the time it's it is important how you market it and how you frame it so you're not going to attract people that are looking for quick fixes although sometimes I quite like attracting people that are looking for quick fixes because then I can teach them that actually the quick fix makes things take longer because you have to redo it and actually the quickest way to get results is to do it properly the first time and then you don't have to keep yo-yo dieting and I quite like attracting people that are attracted to fad diets and then changing their mindset around it. But that is my niche. So that's who I want to attract in many ways. So it might be slightly different for you. But I definitely don't think it's a fundamentally negative thing, I guess is the point I'm trying to make here. Um, yeah, I think that was all I had to say on that. Okay, Amy again. What strategies do you recommend for Instagram outbounding? to find and engage with leads. In the past, I used to do daily scans of my stories and message people to say thanks for viewing and let them know that I'm always happy to answer questions. Also engage with people's stories and add value, valuable comments to people's posts, do polls and engage with interactions and send content and follow-ups for specific lead magnets. Is this the best way do you think? Um, hmm, interesting. I would probably say no. I mean, yes, in that like it's great that you're getting into loads of conversations with people. What I don't like, and I have noticed this happening more, and I guess maybe it's because other mentors are telling people to do this, but now and again, I will do a post on something like related to my clients. Like let's say it was on how to set your calories or something or why you don't need to worry about carbs and fats. And then another coach will come in and like, like, and people will, and I'll be like, any questions, comment below. And people will be like, oh, well, what about, I don't know, eating a bagel? And someone else will come in and answer the question. And I'm like, that's one way for like other coaches not to like you. Like, I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit off and disrespectful unless you think that coach is genuinely not going to answer the question. Or, I don't know. <laughs> I think if that, if that is a tactic to get more clients, I think it's snaky and I don't like it. Is I guess is my, it would be my uh, thoughts on that. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but if it is, I would recommend not doing that. Um, I also think it's a little bit weird to scan your stories and message people, mainly because I know that if I, if I did that, I think people quite like to be anonymous when they're watching stories, right? If if I'd watch someone's story and then they message me being like, oh, I see you watched my story. Like, do you want something? I was like, I think I would actively avoid watching their story again. That could just be a me thing. But I think some people quite like to stay anonymous with that unless like, this is where I'm going to come to some actual useful advice, which is my approach is always to try and get people to invite me into their dms for a specific reason so you might have a story it's like 
do you struggle with overeating in the evening? And everyone that's clicked yes, then you message them because they've kind of invited you in, right? They've said that they've got that problem and then you can offer them a solution to that or you can talk through a solution or maybe you can ask a couple more questions and get into a conversation. That's a little bit different than just going through like who's viewed your story because I think that people, yeah, like to stay a little bit anonymous with that. Um, yeah, so things that are simple, like polls, like yes, no questions, um, sometimes even like question boxes are really useful as well because the people tend, are more likely to put me in a question box than to actually DM you. Like if you, if you have a call to action that's like, I've just spoken about self-compassion, is this something you struggle with? Comment me in this box and they'll be like me, then you can message them. But if you just say, message me if this is something you struggle with, likelihood is no one will message you. Um, yeah, so I would have a think about that. But also hopefully you can come to Mastermind tomorrow because we can go over some lead gen ideas. <clears throat> okay, I've been using a Facebook page on my, sorry, I've been using a, base, a business page on my Facebook and Instagram, but my following is small. I'm wondering if or how I can utilize my personal page better as I have more friends and connections on there and get more engagement, feeling like my business page is wasting my time. Yeah, I wouldn't have to. And remember, like you are a personal trainer and people buy into you as a person, especially if you're, you know, on the smaller side of a following, like they're buying into you. Like what I was talking about before, someone comes onto your page, why would they work with you? because you're you, you need to make sure that you're showing that. If it's just generic fitness advice that they see everywhere, like why you and not someone else? So I would show a bit more of your personality and I would use just one page because you also, there's this kind of like diffusion of effort that will happen. If you're trying to post on numerous platforms and one of those business and you've got personal and then like sometimes you double post and blah, blah, blah. just focus on one um, will be way more fruitful for you. Okay, next question. I'm hosting a free trial and have more interest than I have ever had in the program. This is very exciting. Not sure it's going to be the same program with 50 plus or to 100 people in the group chat versus the usual 20 to 30. Might be better, but not sure it's right. It's the right time to take the risk when people's first impression of my service. Do I A? So what I will say is with group coaching, there are significant differences between, I would say like 20 to 30, 20 to 50-ish clients, and then like a hundred clients. The group dynamics is very different and you need to work harder, I think, to make people feel seen as well. Um, okay, so do I A, change back to using Facebook instead of the app for the purpose of the trial, even though this isn't really adding value as part of the program before? Oh, yeah, we spoke about that. Um, or B, I was just wondering why that cool face had come up. But now I remember every time you put B and then like a half bracket thingy, um, it turns into the cool face. OK, now I get it. B, <laughs> run two separate trials, one week apart and have a max of 50 in each. No, that's too much effort. You're better to do one really well. C, do the trial at the same time, but split the group chat. So there's smaller groups in each group chat but everything else is the same. 
I actually think you should go back to Facebook. As much as I don't like Facebook, I do like the layout of a group. And I think that the people who, like me, who, who probably wouldn't interact that much in a DM group chat and you'd have to kind of look back and then you can't as easily like add to someone else's comment. I might be scrolling back and be like, oh, you know, when Adam said 10 scrolls ago, he was looking for a replacement for squats. Well, I've tried this and it's really useful. Like that's not the same as being like, hey, does anyone know a good replacement for squats if it hurts your back? And someone else that like people have put in comments below that and they can help each other. Or like, oh, I really don't like whey protein. Has anyone tried any that is really nice? Those kind of questions are so much better in like a group setting than a DM setting, I think. And then also you can scroll back and see them again. So I think do a, a Facebook group for this would be my thoughts. And uh, that is all the questions for today. I hope you have enjoyed. And I also hope that as many people as possible can come to Masterminds this week. It was so good last week. And Joe is just saying that she's coming, which is excellent. Also, hi. And also, bye.